Thank you for tuning into the New Vision Podcast. Our prayer is that this talk builds your faith, brings clarity, and gives you hope. Enjoy the message. I know that last week, it was in case you were wondering, but as I began to study a little bit more of what was really happening in John and what Jesus was doing, I felt like the name change was necessary because what we see happening is Jesus introducing himself to us and to the world. He's letting each of us know exactly who he is. Last week, we saw him declare that he was the light of the world. And this week, as we unpack John chapter 6, we will see Jesus introduce himself as the bread of life. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you, and we thank you for the time that we get to spend together in your presence and in your word. And so, God, I ask that you would quiet our hearts and our minds so that we could hear your voice clearly, so that your word can take root into our hearts and our lives, and it could challenge us and change us, that we would be more like you after spending time in your word. So, God, anoint this time together. God, I pray that you would anoint me to communicate clearly and confidently this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I love watching TV shows and movies that you have to kind of guess what's happening at the end. The whodunits, the thrillers, the mysteries, like I love being able to figure it out in the middle. So if we're at a movie, I'll normally lean over to Mel and tell her, this is who I think did it, this is why. So that at the end, if that's what it is, then I can say, see, I knew it all along, and she'll actually believe me. Now, I think Mel likes these movies and, and these TV shows, but probably not nearly as much as I do. We've started re-watching a show that we watched a while back, and they've had some new seasons, so we're trying to play catch-up. And as we're watching it unfold, there's, there's secret agents and there's terrorists, and we're trying to figure out who the bad guy is and, and what's really going on. And so every now and then, Mel will ask me to pause the show. And normally it's after I've reacted a certain way, I'm like, oh my gosh, and she just paused it and she's like, what, what just happened? Why did you do that? And so I'll tell her what I think. I'll tell her I think that now the, the killer is this person or the bad guy is this person. And she was like, okay, well, I don't understand. Like, why did they say this? And so we'll start talking about what's going on and why I think that this is the direction that it's going. And sometimes I'm right, but other times I'm not. Because I don't have all of the information yet. The TV show is still going on. And so what I think right now is who the bad guy is, I could be completely wrong. You see, at times I could be focusing on certain information, but find out that I've actually missed the real important things. I thought that it was where they were, but it was actually where they weren't. That what really, that's what really mattered. See, I, I think that I've, I've honed in on exactly what I'm supposed to, but I could be missing out on what the real important things are. And when it comes to Jesus, we might be missing what he's saying too. I mean, we hear what he's saying, but at times we jump to the wrong conclusion. We feel like we know where he's going, so we just get to the end and we wait for the story to catch up to us. I mean, when we hear about miracles like the feeding of the 5,000, we've heard that miracle before. We've heard that story before. So we jump to the end of the miracle, but we miss the conversation that happens during the miracle. You see, we get the miracle, but we miss the meaning sometimes. Or we might just see the meaning for what it was at one point, but we miss the meaning that it has right now in my heart and in my life. And other times... We hear, we read part of what Jesus said, and we think, oh, I've heard this before. I know exactly where he's going. And so we don't hear the rest of the statement. We only get part of it. 
And guys, you, you get this because we get in trouble for this a lot. Mel might tell me to take the trash out and that's all I hear because I'm busy doing something else that's, you know, really not important. But I turn my listening device off at that point. The selective hearing kicks in. And so a couple of minutes later, I'll go to get the trash. And she's like, well, what are you doing? I said, well, you told me to get the trash. She said, that's not what I said. I told you to put the trash out tomorrow morning because we have so much. We don't want the wind to blow anything over um, right now. So wait until the morning. Well, see, I heard part of what she said, and I just assumed that I knew exactly what she was saying, so I stopped listening. We do that with Jesus. And other times, we read Scripture with the filter of who we are right now and what life looks like. And so we struggle with points in Scripture where it says that God is good. Because right now, this last month of our life has been the toughest month that we've ever faced. We've struggled with God being good when right now it doesn't feel good. We just want to be free. We want to do what we want to do. We want to be out of our house. How can God be good when this moment feels so bad? And we struggled with worship earlier today because it didn't feel like we could worship God. We were hurting on the inside. This week, we may have lost someone that we loved. And so singing about the greatness and the goodness of God and worshiping him didn't just quite feel right because I'm, I'm doing it through the lens of where I'm at right now. And other times, we feel like God should be doing one thing when he's actually doing something else. I mean, we pray about situations and circumstances and we give God the solution that he should use. And then when he shows up with another solution, sometimes we're so frustrated that it wasn't what we prayed for that we completely missed that it was God at all. We don't think that it's him. We don't believe that it's him. And it could be that the problem isn't God. You see, we struggle sometimes to receive it from God and recognize that it's from him because it's not how we planned it. It's not how we thought it should go. And other times as we're reading scripture, we think that if God was right in front of us, if Jesus was right there, there's no way that we would miss him. There's no way that we wouldn't understand what he was saying. But we might be wrong. You see, the problem might not be who Jesus says he is, but in who I think he should be. So let's open up to John chapter 6. This is an incredibly packed chapter. I mean, we see one of the greatest miracles that Jesus ever performed where he took five loaves of bread and two fish and fed 5,000 men and potentially thousands more of women and children. And as he does this miracle, people go home with a full stomach. There's leftovers. Jesus did such, such a great miracle that he didn't just feed those people. He gave 12 baskets of leftovers to the disciples. And so the next day, the people get up and they're looking for Jesus. Where's he at? Where did he go? How did he get there? And so they began to run around and look for him. And they finally catch up with him. And they said, hey, uh, Jesus, we, we've been looking for you. Well, kind of. See, they were looking for him. But they were looking for him in hopes of finding another miracle. And, and you know, if Jesus wants to throw in another meal at the time, like, hey, we're good for that too. If that's what you're really going to do, Jesus, I'm, I'm here for that. And so as they tell him that they've been looking for him, here's how Jesus responds to them in verse 26 of John 6. It says, Jesus answered them and said, Truly, truly, I say to you, you seek me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate of the loaves and you were filled. Do not work for food which perishes, but for the food which endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you, for on him the Father God has set his seal. In these two short verses, Jesus is telling them, man, you missed 
yesterday completely. You missed the whole point of what I did. So I want to encourage you and challenge you this morning. Don't miss the message for the meal. You see, the people were focused only on one thing that next day. They got up, they got ready, and they began to spend their energy, their time, their, their brain power on where Jesus was. Let me find him. Could he do this again? Could he feed me? You see, what filled them yesterday had left them empty today, and they wanted more. Not more of Jesus. They wanted more of what had filled them. They were focused on what was filling them temporarily, but Jesus was saying, look, I didn't come to fill you temporarily. I came to fill you eternally. I'm offering you something more than just momentary pleasure. I'm offering you eternal filling. See, he was challenging them and he's challenging us to look at our priorities. He's not saying that things that perish aren't important. He's not saying that food isn't important. All those are. In fact, Matthew tells us that Jesus knows our needs and he's going to provide them. My God will supply all of my needs. And he knows exactly what those needs are. But what he's pointing at here in this particular scripture is he's saying that they're not the most important. That I'll provide them but they're not the most important things. The things that we spend all of our time and all of our energy investing in, thinking that that will fill us, that those aren't the most important things. The clothes that you wear, the food that you eat, the houses that you live in, the cars that you drive, the career status that you have, all of those things that you are hoping will fill you on the inside, that will give you a full life. Jesus is saying those things are important, but they're not the most important. You can't spend your best time, your best energy. You can't give all of your heart and all of your passion and all of your will and drive to this. You need to not be looking for what you've been given, but who is actually giving them. You see, life shouldn't be about temporary provision when we have an eternal provider. See, it's, it's moments like this and things like this that Jesus are saying, look, don't get caught up thinking that this is the most important thing. Bread isn't the most important thing. Remember when Jesus was, was tempted by the enemy. He had been fasting for 40 days. He was hungry. And he tells the enemy that man can't live by bread alone but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. And back in John chapter one, we read that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And as it unfolds, we find that this word comes down from heaven and it shows up on this planet in the person of Jesus Christ. He comes here to live with us and show us that there is more to life than we thought. There's more important things than what we feel like are important right now. He came to give us so much more than food. He wants to give us life. So they continue to talk. The people say, well, they said to him, what should we do so that we may, we may work the works of God? Jesus answered them and said, this is the work of God that you believe in him whom he sent. You see, they heard what Jesus had said up until the point. You see, back when he first started telling them, don't work for things that are perishable, but work for the things that are eternal, like, oh, Man, their radar went off, their ears went up, and they stopped listening at that point. You see, Jesus said to work for what's last, or for what lasts, and that was music to their ears. The people that he was talking to in the moment, they knew all about boxes that needed to be checked and lists that needed to be completed. They knew all about adding up their points to make sure that they qualified for working for their relationship with God. They were in on that. And so when he said work, they were all about that. We can work, Jesus, just tell us what work we need to do to get what you're saying. But that wasn't what Jesus was saying. So don't miss the point 
for the points. Life can't be about earning enough points to get what Jesus is offering. We can't miss the point for the points. It's not about what you're doing, but what's been done for you. And this was hard for them to hear, and it's hard for us to hear. We may say, oh, I love grace. Jesus, thank you for your grace. I appreciate you wiping away every sin that I've ever committed. Thank you for that. Okay, but how do I pay you back for that? Because that's where we end up. We, we don't want to say that we're trying to earn back that grace, but really, how can, how can we earn it? Or, or maybe, maybe we try to not use those terminology, but we, we want to deserve it. Jesus, what can I do to deserve what you've done? How can I pay you back? You've been so good to me. I just feel like, you know, I owe you. What can I give you? Because we don't want to ever owe anyone. You know, if someone does something nice for us, we can't just accept it at times. We feel like we need to do something back for them. Oh, you took me to lunch today? Okay, that's cool. I'll take you to lunch tomorrow. We can't just accept something. We can't accept this free gift of grace. We feel like after a certain amount of time, all right, Jesus, I need to earn that back. How do I do that? The problem is we can't work hard enough for eternal life. We can't work hard enough and deal with sin. That's not our work. Getting our lives together before we come to God, that's not our work. Our work is believing that God sent Jesus to do the stuff that we couldn't. Our work now is believing in the one that he sent. Not just believing, but believing in Jesus. You see, these people believe. They believe that there was a Messiah. Jesus was saying, he's standing right here. Believe right here in me. You don't have to work anymore. This is not about the work that you do. This is about the work that I'm doing for you. I came to take care of sin. I came to help you get your life together. I came to give you life like you never could experience before. That's his work. Our work is simply to believe. Because it's not about what you are working for, but who you are believing in. And so they began to think, well, maybe you could be the Messiah. And so they asked for a sign. Well, Jesus, we have Moses Moses is the greatest leader that we've ever had. He brought us out of slavery, led us to this promised land, and he gave manna to everyone. Every day they were fed because of him. Now, if you're saying that you're like him, you're a Messiah too, like, what are you bringing to the table? What can you give to us? Can you do that? Here's what Jesus responds. Verse 32, he says, I tell you the truth. Moses didn't give you bread from heaven. My father did. And now he offers you true bread from heaven. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, give us that bread every day. Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Who believes in me, whoever believes in me, will never be thirsty. As they begin to ask for a sign, they want manna, they want something. Give us that every day. We want that. They're, they're staying on task. They're looking for something to fill them momentarily. They're looking for something that God did in the past to fulfill them in the present. They're not asking for anything new. They're just simply wanting to go back to what they saw worked in the past. I tell you this morning, don't miss today for yesterday. You see, Jesus is quick to point out that their focus is on the wrong place at the wrong time and the wrong person. You don't need another Moses. You have the Messiah standing in front of you. You don't need Moses when God is the one who gave the manna and God is standing right in front of you. They were focused on a sign, something they could look to, and he said, all you got to do is look at the Savior. He's right in front of you. Look to me. 
You see, the manna that they were asking for was only supposed to sustain them for a season, not forever. But they wanted to continue to look back to what God had done before and God give me that once again. And the problem for some of us is we can't keep asking for what sustained us in our last season and expect that to get us through our season right now. We're frustrated with what God is doing because it's not like what he did before, but maybe God doesn't want to be your God yesterday. He wants to be the God of today. He's waiting for you to invite him into today so that he can carry you into tomorrow. He doesn't want to keep doing the same things over and over. He wants you to lean into him. He wants you to trust in the source more than the resources he can put in your hands. That he's the way that we get from today into tomorrow. wants to give us life. He doesn't want us to just survive this month. He doesn't just want us to survive the next couple of weeks. He doesn't just want you to survive 2020. He wants you to live. He wants you to live a life that you couldn't imagine. So don't miss living for surviving. Some of us in this moment, right now in this season, we're just trying to figure out how to make it. Whatever we can do, whatever ways we can scrounge together the resources, the things around us, we're just trying to survive. And Jesus is saying, look, I've come to give you life. And if you come to me, you won't be hungry again. You won't be thirsty again. You will be satisfied in ways that you never thought were imaginable. You see, the people still were wanting a full stomach and Jesus was wanting to give them a full life. He's wanting to exceed your expectations this morning. John 10 tells us that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus has come to give us life and life more abundantly. And that means that that life will overflow. It will fill us. It will satisfy us. It will leak into the holes that we've had in our hearts that we've looked for other things. We've looked for other relationships. We hope that they would fill us. We've gotten addicted to certain things because we hope that that would fill us. We hope that we would feel complete there. We've sacrificed our family for our career because we thought that that would fill us and Jesus is saying if you would just come to me if you would just walk with me if you would embrace me I will give you a life that fills I will give you a life that satisfies you won't have to keep looking around anymore you don't have to hurt each other you don't have to hurt yourself any longer trying to find what will fill you I can do that and what I give you will satisfy it will complete you it will make you whole like everything that you've been searching for, thought that it would. The things that we've struggled with, the things that we thought would make us whole, Jesus is saying, look, they're only gonna leave you empty tomorrow. But if you will trust me, I will satisfy forever. He's standing in front of us, offering life, offering himself, just saying embrace him, but sometimes we miss him. We miss that he's standing in front of us. We miss that he's offering life. We miss out on opportunities to share this life, this hope with those around us because that's really what we have. You see, I'm just one beggar trying to show other beggars where to find bread. And this bread and this life is what really gives meaning to life. It really brings purpose it really gives us hope. It's bread, it's life that changes everything.
It's hope that lasts, not just in the moment, but for every moment, for every day, in every way. That's the way that it fills. That's the way that it comes into my life. That's the way that it overflows. That's how it satisfies. Jesus said that whoever comes, whoever, and that was a change for what had been happening because in that moment they thought salvation was only for one people and Jesus is saying the bread of life is for everyone. That whoever comes to me can receive it. And a few verses later he tells us that anyone who comes, that he won't reject them. That he won't disappoint them. That he won't turn them away. And I want you to hear that this morning because there are some of you that are listening that you feel rejected today. You feel like you've turned to other things and other sources to give you the fulfillment that you've been looking for. And Jesus is saying, if you would just come to me, I'll embrace you. I'm standing here with arms wide open. There's no conditions other than you believing in me, other than you believing that I put in work that you couldn't do. Just come to me. And if you do that, I'll never turn away, but I'll always turn towards you. I'll always embrace you. I will always love you. He's always standing there hoping that we'll come to him. So this morning, don't miss that offer because it's not what you were hoping for. Maybe this offer isn't what you expected from God because right now life isn't what you've expected it to be. Don't miss living for surviving. Don't miss that Jesus is standing in front of you and it might look different than what you thought, but he's still Jesus. He still has life. He still wants to change your direction and change your purpose. He still wants to satisfy all of the longing that you've had in your heart, that feeling that something just isn't right. It's him and he wants to fix it today. He wants you to embrace this life, this bread that he is offering. And so I'm gonna pray with you. And if you pray this prayer with me, if you accept his offer, if you believe today, then everything changes. That there's a life that Jesus has been offering you and you'll finally walk into it. You'll finally begin to live. You will get to understand and know that feeling of being fulfilled and satisfied, not just for today, but every day. So would you pray with me? Would you say, Jesus, I need you. Lord, I believe that you came to pay the price for my sins. And I believe that because you live, my life can be different. And so today I give you all of me. God, change my heart and change my mind. Jesus, today I give you everything. God, give me the strength and the courage to choose you today and tomorrow and to follow you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. And God, I ask that you would seal your word inside of each of us. That Lord, we would embrace that you are the bread of life. That God, we wouldn't miss you that we would catch that you're the point, that you are what satisfies. That Lord, in moments where we could shrink back and think about our own survival, Lord, that you would open our eyes and our hearts to live life with you. 
to not look for what you did yesterday, but look for you to do something today, to look for what you're doing now. So God, I pray that you would seal the words that you have spoken to each and every one of us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Our prayer is that this message impacted you. We would love to hear your story and have you partner with us financially as we work to spread the life-changing story of Jesus. You can do this at newvisiongrandview.com.